Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixth Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Jonathan here. And guys, it happened. Nick Nurse is now an officially the new head coach of the field. Well, not officially because they haven't had the press conference. But for all intents and purposes, the new head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Jonathan. Isn't that good news? Yeah. I mean, first off, like my initial reaction was it is good news. I think that, I don't know, some people don't love the hire, but in my mind, he was the best available coach out there. I kind of wanted Monty Williams. I think we I've said that on the podcast just because familiarity with Joel Embiid um, and the Sixers, and then he'd been coach of the year in uh, Phoenix. But Nick Nurse has been coach of the year in Toronto. He won an NBA championship. So, uh, honestly, he was the best available coach out there. So, my initial reaction was that this is a win. How about you? Look, I'm I'm glad that we got him. I'm glad that the, uh, he ultimately chose the Sixers. Part of the process, from what I understand, was he wanted to coach an MVP in Joel Embiid, and he has ties with Daryl Morey back when they both were in Houston. So I, I, you know, that's a that I I was happy about it. I was very happy about it. I thought it was the right choice. Yeah, definitely. But. Now that we got over our initial reaction, and I'm sure you've had some time to think about this, any pros and cons that you can think of in this hire? Yeah, I mean, I think that Nick Nurse is a good voice for this locker room. I mean, he has experience with veteran players, like star veteran players and Kawhi and Kyle Lowry and he and Pascal Siakam in a way. And he also has been great with developing younger players. I mean, Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, OG Ananobi, like I think he can really speak and get to all the players on this roster. I mean, it sounds like Joel Embiid was a fan of this hire. It seems like this was more directed towards Joel as opposed to Harden, say, if they had hired Dan Tony. So I kind of like that in the pro side. Cons, I know we have heard that he can kind of rub his players the wrong way. I've heard comparisons to Tom Thibodeau. Not as bad, but in the sense that, like, he's good for a couple of years but runs his course, and that might have been what happened in Toronto. So. Honestly, I'm not too worried about that because I think in three, four, five years, if that's when it's run its course, there should be success if he is the guy that can take us to the promised land. And and by then, that's fine. How about you? Look, the pros are simple. He's one of the best tacticians and you know strategists in the NBA in terms of coaching and being able to implement different strategies and getting his guys motivated to play defense, which I mean, that has been a problem for the Sixers at times. Getting, imagine if you get a full season of Joel Embiid playing his peak defense. Do you, can you imagine? He, he will be like one of the top candidates for Defensive Player of the Year. I and was I'm just sure, going to say that. Yeah, I, and you know, I'm sure that we'll see more growth from younger guys like Tyrese Maxey. I think we're going to see more. I, I think the delegation of shooting, like Joel's won his MVP, and I don't think the Sixers need Joel to score 30 a night. 20, 25 for most regular season nights is enough, especially if you have Tyrese Maxey and assuming James Harden is back, James Harden taking a little bit more of the offensive load. Uh, Tobias Harris can do that. The Sixers don't need to, you know, ride the Joel wave until it crashes. Like just, you know, pay, I think what I'm hoping for is a little bit of pacing in terms of offensive flow, because you definitely saw that with the Raptors, like he didn't just rely on one guy. I mean, Pascal Scal Siakam was the highest scorer at like 26. Now there is some cons here that I'm not going to ignore. Um, really short rotation. You know, he didn't trust most of his guys in his rotation. And 
but I also blame that partially on team structure because as good as um, uh, Ujiri is um, as a GM, he didn't give him too much depth. And that, but you know, that may or may not occur here. But I think the bigger thing, and I think the bigger thing, and this kind of goes back to the depth thing, is that most of the starting five for Toronto for the past two years have been ranked in the top 10 for minutes played per game. And, you know, obviously, maybe a guy like Tyrese Maxey can handle that and Tobias Harris, but I wouldn't want that for Joel James or Tucker, of course. So I, I think there those are some negatives. And like you said, the you know, rubbing people the wrong way, that might be a problem too. And it might be the ultimate reason why we don't get James Harden back. I don't know. We'll see. Um But so in terms of shortening shortening the bench, I totally understand and I and I agree with you about the PJ, Joel, Harden, uh not wanting them to play too many minutes. But I mean, if you're just looking at like Doc consistently seriously, like as in seriously as in non garbage time played 10 players every single postseason, even when we didn't have to have the depth and like, well, he didn't, he didn't, Denver, do this past, Denver he, didn't literally, he didn't do that this past postseason though. You can't say every postseason. He didn't do it this past. I mean, postseason. he played like eight or nine and, and that, Denver's that. playing seven and they're in the, they're in the NBA finals. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that it's, I, I don't know. I, I understand what you're saying. I just, I mean, you got to pace yourself for the regular season. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but a former player of Nick Nurse has made some comments recently when he was talking to Shams Karinia in an interview uh, about the recent Nick Nurse hire in Philly. And this is what he just uh, had to say about it. Just a different voice that they haven't heard before. Something outside of the box. He's going to bring new ideas, creative ideas. It'll be, be a great breath of fresh air for them. Anytime you change a head coach, that's pretty much what you're looking for is a new identity, a new voice for guys who kind of rally behind, I think. Coming down the stretch pretty much had to get Joel Embiid on board. I think once they got got that and once Nick met with Joel, and as long as he's signing off on all the crazy stuff that coach wants to do, I think they'll that they'll be in a good spot. So I think he'll have some success, hopefully not too much. If I'm not there and I'm staying in Toronto, we want him to fail. But other than that, I'm happy that he landed on his feet. Our situation was our situation this year and coming down the stretch, they decided to go different, different ways. I'm just happy that he landed on his feet. Good to see him back with another job. So what is your initial takeaway from that, those responses? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it before the podcast, like he's going to work the Sixers probably harder than they've been worked. And I mean, first off, I think the most obvious thing is he's just supporting his former coach. And and I think that with some of the news coming out that some of the players were rubbed the wrong way, I think this kind of gives a little like boost to Nurse. Um, and, and I think it's good that Van Vliet came out and kind of said these things for him. But in the other way, I think – that having the Sixers work really hard and, and getting there and, and grinding, I think that that's kind of what they need. Like, I think they need someone to tell them, like someone with veteran experience, championship experience to tell them, like, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. Not just show up, 
and we have the best player on the floor every night so we can win. Like, I think there needs to be legitimate accountability. And it sounds kind of like that's kind of what Van Vliet was saying. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, you know, it, it seems like he has a decent idea of the process that went behind this uh, in terms of the hiring process. You know, Joel getting Joel on board. Um, and, he, he, you know, he's saying that all the crazy stuff that coach wants to do. So I, I guess he has an idea of what coach is going to do with Joel, which is terrifying and exciting. Now, the thing that I'm going to focus on here, and this, this kind of brings me to my next point here, is hopefully not too much if I'm not there and I'm staying in Toronto, which means it doesn't seem like he's set in stone and coming back to Toronto. So I guess my question to you is this. If Van Vliet decides to leave, is he a good choice for the Sixers if Harden walks away? Can can they can that work? Well, let's not worry about the money right now. Let's just say fit-wise. Is Van Vliet a good fit for the Sixers if Harden leaves? I mean, I think yes, because I don't like this free agent class. Like, I'm not sitting here saying that Van Vliet's the answer to get us to the promised land, get us an NBA championship, but... Like, this free agent class is one of the weaker ones in recent memory, and the best point guard out there is probably Kyrie, and that's not who I want. Um, He's also a score-first point guard. Not that uh, Van Vliet isn't, but, like, Kyrie is very much that. I think that in terms of, like, again, experience, he's been won an NBA championship. He was, I believe, an undrafted player. Like, he has worked hard to be the player he is in this league, and I think that his talent, yes, would fit very well alongside Embiid and him and uh, Max could run a solid backcourt. Again, I don't think that's the answer to get us over the box, maybe the Celtics, but I think it would be a good choice considering the other options. Well, I guess, look, I, I guess there's two areas of concerns. Is, he, is Van Vliet a good player? Absolutely. He's made an all-star team. He's good. But my concern, my concerns are just this, Jonathan. First off, Van Vliet is not known as a playmaker. Tyrese isn't known as a playmaker. There is going to be a lack of playmaking void if Van Vliet comes in for Harden, right? And the other thing is, the Sixers were already hunted in the past defensively with Tyrese. While, you know, Van Vliet's good at, you know, get, keeping his feet in front of people and contesting shots and really stock, strong guy, so he's not going to get bullied. But at the same time, he's short. He's like, what, 6'1"? So, like, there's going to be defensive problems with the backcourt of Van Vliet and Maxi. Like, I, I don't love the fit, but, I mean, That's like, a really good point. That's a really good point. Defensively, I didn't even think about that. I mean, can you just, I mean, totally taking other skills aside, just defense to go from, like, Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibault to, like, Fred Van Vliet and Tyrese Maxi, you're just, like, flipping the script. Again, yeah, different on offense, it, but... Just, but I mean, I guess that goes back to can Joel buy in defensively and be an elite rim protector because then that doesn't matter as much. But you have to yeah, be seen kind of consistent. Joel, Sorry, God. Isn't that the kind of no? Isn't that the kind of Joel you want to see? Like, like you said, I don't need him to be a third time consecutive uh, NBA scoring champion. Like, I, I would actually prefer the defensive player of the year All Star that we've seen at points in the past. Yeah, I think that that if, if you go Van Vliet, you're gonna you can delegate the scoring more between Tyrese, uh, Van Vliet, and uh, Tobias with Joel maybe averaging like 25, 26 versus 30 plus. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. But you know we'll have to wait and see. A lot of dominoes need to fall in order for that to even be a potential possibility. So that being said, Jonathan, let's go ahead and switch gears. Yes. Yeah, so we are into the 
NBA Finals are finally set. We got the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are clearly the favorite here, um, betting and just based off being a one seed and the Heat are the eight seed. I think the second eight seed to make it to the NBA Finals since the like the only other team was the ninety nine Knicks, I believe. So yep, that that would be correct. Ninety nine Knicks. Yeah, so I was we were kids back then, but uh, it is crazy to see a team from the play-in tournament make it here. Um, I thought I'd seen something like before this year. I know the play-in's only been around like two or three years, but then a play-in team had never won a series or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that yeah, is this, correct. Yep, that's that's correct. They had never won a series before. Miami's just yeah, breaking off. And then, so yeah, the Lakers too, but yeah, you're right. So might as well talk about the Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Heat versus Celtics, Game 7. The Celtics have rattled off three straight. We're trying to become the first team out of 151 teams to come back from 3-0. It was in Boston. They were the higher seed, and Miami just came out and beat them down. What were your reactions to Game 7? Well, I think the tempo was set pretty early on because literally the first play of the game, uh, Jason Tatum hurts his ankle, and he can't play. And we know when Jalen Brown tries to do too much, bad things happen. And that's exactly what happened here. I think the, uh, the, all the excitement in Boston got deflated really quickly. Miami knew exactly what they were going to do. Heat culture is a real thing, folks. And, you know, Eric Spolstra just had them ready. Caleb Martin, look, look, he was one sh- vote shy of getting, uh, you know, the Larry Bird Eastern Conference finals MVP and I mean I wouldn't have been mad if he got it over Jimmy because you know honestly yep. he did step up a, in a big way Jimmy obviously Jimmy was great too but I yeah no I mean look it's the Miami Heat they they won that game Boston just and this is the reason why Boston's always been like this is why we felt like we could have beat Boston because they're inconsistent they can be the best team on any given night, but they can also be in a below average team any given night too. inconsistency. And I don't, and I don't think it's just the head coach because I mean, even with times of the Udoka last year, they had this problem, not as often, but I mean, granted, you know, Udoka was much more seasoned assistant before he took over last year. And then Missoula is pretty, still pretty young, you know, he, him and Jimmy played against each other in college. Did you know that they played against each other? I saw that on the pregame. That was crazy. Yeah, I, I remember watching that stuff, man. I, I was a big I was West Virginia fan all the way. Missoula was my guy, but at the end of the day, you know, I think that's it's more of a locker room issue. You got veterans like Marcus Smart and Al Horford in there, and you expect those guys to get and Blake Griffin. Well, maybe not Blake Griffin, but like Al Horford and Marcus Smart to be able to rally these guys to focus consistently, and they're not. So you have to change that that locker room dynamic because I don't think it's a coaching issue. I I think it's more or less a a player issue, and I don't know if you fix it by getting getting rid of one of those two guys, Brown, or you're not getting rid of Tatum. So you you'd you know Brown could become available depending. Like I don't know, but something's not right in that locker room, and they need to get that fixed. 
All right. So before I give my take on this, I just want your a quick like a answer on: Do you think this the game's different if Tatum doesn't roll his ankle? Yes, I think it is. I'm not. I don't know if Miami's still. I, I don't know if Boston wins, but I think it's a lot closer. That's than what I was asking. Like, do you think the outcome changes? Ooh, do I think Miami still wins? I think that's. I'm not going to answer that just because we don't know what version of Tatum we would have gotten. Because if we got okay. Game Seven again, like you know, against us, Game Seven Tatum, then I I think my Boston wins. But it's hard to tell with Tatum because he's he's inconsistent. He's inconsistent. Yeah, so- it's, it's, as a, much of a humble star he is, he's inconsistent. Yeah, so I'll say I don't think they were going to win if Tatum didn't roll his ankle. That's why, like, I think that Miami was winning that game regardless. And the fact that, okay. like, I totally understand. I totally understand. Like, he is the best player on your team. He gets hurt. This, the game is absolutely different. I get that. But that was the first thing he said in his post-game press conference. And I was like... Do you think Kobe sits up there and says that? Like, oh man, like I wish I was more myself because I didn't sprain my ankle. Like, well, that, do you think that, that, Jordan that, says that? Well, that's that's why uh, Devin Booker is more of a Mamba disciple than Jason Tatum. That's that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I yeah. hated that. And then Jalen Brown mentioned it. I know he was just mentioning it and saying like I had to step up, but I hated that that even was a storyline because. Yes, I get it. I totally understand. Well, well Jonathan, you got to understand that. these kids, and I say kids because they're younger than us, but these guys, they didn't grow up with the old school mentality because when we played basketball in middle and high school, injuries weren't an excuse. But, you know, nowadays, a lot of people use injuries as excuses. And as much as we hate it, that's just the reality of it. Like, yeah, if you can't, if you're really hurt, Sit on the bench. I totally get it. But if you're yeah. out there, play. And I don't want to hear it. So yeah. that was kind of annoying because I felt like that was like what led off first take and stuff. Like, oh, would it have been different? But the, my, I, I agree with you. The inconsistency in the Celtics is crazy. They absolutely could mm-hmm. beat any team on any given night, and they could lose to any team on any given night. And the fact that they fully live and die on the three. In game six, there were seven of 35. That's like 20%. And they only won on a on a tip in by Derek White, and then in Game Seven they were nine of forty two. Like at yeah. some point, just stop shooting. Like, are you kidding me? Like this is the James Harden team in Houston that yeah. missed like forty threes. Like, what are you doing at some well, point? Well, so you, get- you know, it's it's interesting because you bring that up, and it's pretty much a testament to the fact that hey, unless your st- your team is led by Steph Curry. You can't win a championship by three pointers. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. No, like that's the point. So, I mean, I think the Heat play better right now. They're playing more consistent. That's pretty much all you can say. At the end of the day, Boston was probably the better team, but tough, tough uh, loss for them. So, yeah. Obviously, it now sets up Miami and Denver in the NBA finals, which. Honestly, he's getting a lot of disrespect. Even on ESPN, there like a big conversation was like, "Who's going to win next year's finals?" And it's like, does no one care about Denver, Miami? They are there. I do. I do. Yeah, I think I it's going to be fun. Incredible. And you know Did you why? See there was like a Chris. A Chris. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, I'm just going to say because I mean we're kind of getting into it. Uh, there's some beef there, right? Yeah. No, there is. I mean, people. Like most, like the most notable thing between the Heat and the Nuggets is Jokic laying out the Morris twin, 
uh, I think it was Mark Heath, and like yeah. gave him like some crazy like sort of vertigo or something. He was out like half a season, but he's never been the same since. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. Uh, let's let's get let's give Jokic a break here, and I can't believe I'm having to play Chris here. But look, I I thought it was a dirty play that Jokic did. But to be fair, oh, for on sure. his behalf, Marcus Morris got under his uh, armpit and like sh- el- shoulder hit him right in the ribs. Like yes. I'm not saying Marcus Morris deserved it, but you can't do that and not expect retaliation on some level. That's fair, but like you said, like I think Jokic, like I agree, he that like that was ridiculous on the Morris, but uh, yeah, I think that hey, was let a me clear just say, by Jokic, let, let, like yeah, he laid yeah. him out. Yeah, no, look, if David Stern was commissioner, and gosh, I'm sounding like an old head, but if David Stern was commissioner, that's a ten game suspension, I think, right? Yeah, that has I mean, to be Adam right. Adam Silver's a players players commissioner. Yes, do he is. When people. Bite, Honestly, right? we'll see what he does with John Morant after the NBA yeah. Finals are over. But, I, um, yeah, I, am, been, I am hoping that he suspends him for at least 30 games. Has to be at least 30 games. You have games. to. He is so lenient with players. It's crazy. But, yeah, like you said, David Stern would have kicked Yoke know, for 10 games. And yeah. then there's also some Kyle Lowry and Aaron Gordon beef from when Aaron Gordon was in Orlando. Kyle Lowry was in Toronto. They have uh, exchanged some words, not really friendly. So, yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't, guys, bad. we can't say it. We can't say it on here, but just know there was profanity involved. There was profanity yeah, involved. The, uh, some s- bad blood here, bad blood. Yeah. So I'm all for it because look, I think that if we don't get at least one good, like at least shouting match in this finals, then it's not a good finals. But like, we got to get some people getting like face to face yelling at each other. Like I need that for this finals. Like, I, I see that's the heat mentality, and Jokic is not going to back down either. Neither is Aaron Gordon. So I'm I'm all for it. And you know what would be great? If DeAndre Jordan decides to run off the bench, like, he's not going to play. So he can run off the bench and get into it, too. Why not? Let DJ get into it. Former Sixers shout-out. Yeah. No, for sure. I I really am, gonna, am interested in this uh, NBA Finals. I think that the Heat are Will and – Jimmy Butler's playing as a top five player in the playoffs, absolutely. And Jokic is dominating people. I love how people on ESPN say that he can't jump on a curb. I think that's the funniest thing. But, like, he It's kind of true. He's dominant. He is absolutely dominant. He is probably the best player, like, overall in the league right now, unfortunately, to say for Joel or Jimmy. But I think it's going to be great. And I was going to ask you, I don't know if you saw Chris Mannix on a podcast this week. He was saying, like, Denver Nuggets aren't very interesting as a team or something. And he was just getting like absolutely roasted. Uh, no. But yeah, he was essentially trying to say that like, just cause they're not a, like an interesting team. And, and to me, it's almost like they're so interesting. Like this is a team that is led by a superstar who doesn't look like a superstar, but plays the game in a revolutionary way. I mean, what do you think? Well, okay. So I like to compare Jokic to that 40-year-old guy that goes into a gym full of teenagers. The 40-year-old guy's out of shape. He's wearing a uh, 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 headband. He has a little, he's a little husky. He just goes in and does all this crazy stuff that the young guys aren't expecting, even though these kids are a lot more athletic. And that's Jokic right there. That, that's like because the guy, the 40-year-old guy that goes to the Y when with these teenagers, he's smarter than the rest of them. And that's what Jokic is doing. He's the He's 
you could argue he's the smartest player in the NBA in terms of basketball IQ, higher than Draymond, higher than maybe even LeBron. I mean, think about uh, what yeah, he's doing. Cla- I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, you got to say because he's a center. And like you said, he can't jump off the side of a sidewalk, but like he's doing all these crazy things. And yeah, no, it's, it's remarkable. It is remarkable what he's doing. And yeah, he needs to get some respect. I, I don't understand how you don't think they're interesting. They got Michael Porter Jr., who's extremely versatile. Jamal Murray would have been the top pick in his draft if he didn't have back problems, by the way. I'm pretty sure people were talking about him as if he was like semi, like, like a KD. knockoff KD. LeBron. Yeah, like a LeBron KD. Like, he was getting hyped when he was at Mizzou. So, I mean, I think they're a talented team. I think. Miami with Coach Spo. I, I just think it's really going to be a good series. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think so too. So, who do you think is going to win in this one, though? Is it the Heat or the Nuggets? See, the Heat. We have been doubting the Heat. Everyone has been doubting the Heat. I feel like, or maybe Milwaukee, Boston, New York, like a one-two-four, one-two-five seed in the East. And Boston and Milwaukee both had better records than Denver. So, I mean. The Heat are playing so well, but I just think Denver is the better team. So I think that it's going to be Denver in six, but uh, I don't think they're going to be like blowout games. What's your pick? Look, we've always been doubting the Heat, and you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna choose them. I'm gonna choose them because look, Jokic has wow. time. I'm, look, Jokic Jokic has time to win another title. Jokic has never been to a finals. Jimmy has. I'm going to give Jimmy and Kyle Lowry and the rest of that crew that's been there before a little bit of an edge there, despite not having the same amount of rest. I think that this is their best chance to win it. Cause I don't think it's happening again next year. So I think now's the time and I wouldn't be surprised if they pull it off somehow. I don't know how, but they're going to pull it off somehow. Wow. I, who knows, man, that would be an incredible story. First eight seed to win it all. All right, Jonathan, on that note, I think it's time for you to play us out, man. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. And as always, appreciate you reading our work over at the Sixer Sense. Got some new articles up around Nick Nurse, Tobias, Joel, so you'll want to head over there. And appreciate you listening. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Again, we really appreciate you listening. So until next time, go Sixers.